Look at someone and just tell them we serve a mighty God. Do me a favor. Just tell somebody, I don't know what you're going through. But God will turn it around for you. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for who you are and for all you've done. And for this wonderful celebratory service, we could not have planned it this way. But we certainly are grateful because of how it has turned out. Our joy is filled today. When we see testimony after testimony of your grace, we are overjoyed and we say thank you. We say thank you. Thank you. Bless now. Have your way now. Move now. By your spirit now. Now, Lord, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. We bless his name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know why we celebrate and why we're praising God, we need to help you to find out. Because there's nobody like the Lord. Thank you, God. You may be seated for just a moment. You heard the word already read in your hearing this morning. That word came to you from the book of St. John, chapter 16. There that word speaks the words of Jesus to his disciples. Verse 33 offers us something that is complemented by what the Lord says in Romans 8. Verse 33 offers us these words. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
I've been dealing with the series all because of Jesus. And I've been thinking about what I get as a result of being a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus Christ. What do I get in exchange? What is the exchange rate of membership in that wonderful communion? And then after a week like this, this past week, I realized that I don't know how people that don't have Jesus survive. You, you can't look at mass shootings where someone will go into a synagogue and will in effect kill people that have done absolutely unequivocally nothing to you at all just because they want to worship God. You, you can't make sense of the fact that you kill people who are living their final days in their 90s, but you won't even allow them to enjoy the final reapings of a long life. You can't even go line dancing country western place without someone thinking it's okay to shoot up the place. I thought that was only Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> Biggie begging, please don't shoot up the place because I see some ladies tonight trying. I personally have gone through every emotion over the last few weeks. I have cried and I've laughed to stop from crying. I've tried to watch late night comedians hoping they would have some injecting humor. I even turned on Saturday Night Live and tried to see a bit of it last night through groggy eyes. Anything to break up what has been nothing but tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Because, see, you can't think of a synagogue and not think of a church in South Carolina. You can't think of a synagogue in that response and not hear President Obama singing Amazing Grace in another response. You, you, you can't be here today, this day in particular, the, the, the 11th month and the 11th day of this month in the year of our Lord, 2018, you can't be here today and not think about the veterans on this day. You know what really blew my mind? 
I really was, a, I'm a history buff. I love history and I love thinking about history. I love thinking about what is going on in the world before us. I always correlate dates and times, particularly with where African-American history was, you know, the ending of slavery and when did this begin, which is one of the reasons why next week when we celebrate the church's anniversary, I get so overwhelmed because if you think of the end of slavery, the, early, the late part of 1800s, Shiloh is born, which means that right after slavery, one of the first things slaves did was created a church. Former slaves knew they needed to worship God. So in coordinating history, I love it, but when I looked and thought about world history today, it blew my mind how many millions of people died during World War I. It blew my mind that the world could be put in such chaos that the numbers and it would go up in the 50 to 100 million people. No one really knows because some people died of diseases during that same time frame and the years that the battle lingered on. And so we honor their memory. We honor the memory of veterans and even those survivors, some of whom are here today. We honor every veteran in this house. As I think about it, this week ain't been a good week, but it's been a blessed week. Okay, so Reverend, what's the message for us today? What do we take home out of today? Jesus pulls his disciples in. He says, I want to talk to you. They said, Jesus... You're always talking to us in riddles, and we don't really understand your riddles. So would you try to talk to us plain? And Jesus says, I'll give it to you plain. I'm going to the Father, and because you love me, and the Father loves me and you, that when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the paracletos here. The Holy Spirit is going to keep you. And he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. And now whatever you ask in the Father, in my name to the Father, I'm going to grant it to you. You got that? They said, is that what you've been trying to say? They said, for the first time, we understand. Because you're speaking plainly to us. Jesus, why are you talking so plain to us today? And I almost can hear Jesus say, because it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, you didn't want to hear that part. That's not the shout yet. Because Jesus says to them, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Matter of fact, you're going to almost want to give up on your relationship with me. You're going to want to throw in the towel. But I got good news for you. You won't throw in the towel when it's all said and done. You're going to struggle, but you're going to survive. See, you don't even know when to shout. He said, when it's all said and done, I know already 
it's not going to be easy. I know you're going to want to throw in the towel. You're going to struggle, but you're going to survive. Would you look at somebody and say, neighbor, you're looking at a survivor right here. What do you mean, Reverend? Jesus wanted them to understand that just because you are close and connected to me does not mean you're not going to go through trials and tribulations and you're not going to want to give up, that desperation won't set in, that you won't feel like you want to run away from me, that you won't feel like you want to throw in the towel. He said, but I got good news for you. I've already overcome the world. Okay, okay, okay. So the first thing you need to know, number one, is that because of Jesus, you have a changed mindset. A changed mindset. Uh, okay, so let me see if I can plain Jane this because I don't want you to lose this today. What do you mean, Reverend? Uh, here's what I mean. I mean, you realize that failure is possible and that stuff's going to go wrong, and that you're going to have some bad days. But because you realize that, you also know you didn't lose your salvation, God did not abandon you, and his love is still intact. But Reverend, you just don't know. I nearly lost it right there. I got, Reverend, I cussed. I said some things I shouldn't have said. I did some things I shouldn't have done. And I, and I want to tell you something. Your maturity will come out as you continue to grow. You will do less of that and you'll do more of mirroring the life of Jesus. It, it's just a sign that you're immature, not that you're lost. It's a sign that you're immature and you need to grow up. If you're still cussing everybody out, yeah every time something goes wrong, acting like a fool every time you get upset, you're just immature. What we need to do is help you to grow up. You don't get kicked out of the family because you act foolish. You don't get kicked out of the family because you have failure. You don't get kicked out of the family because you have folly. No, we help you to grow, to mature, to become an adult in God. And at that point, you will no longer act like a child immature, but you will be a person solid in God, rooted and grounded in your faith. He says, I need to change your mindset. I need to change your mindset because I realize the mindset you have right now is going to get you in trouble. See, if you have a mind that believes that like Chicken Little, the sky is always falling, you're going to have all kinds of physiological issues that are created by the mindset you carry around. You, you, ain't, you ain't even going to be really sick, but you're going to be so sick in your head that we're going to be sick of you. But you have to have the mindset of God. But not only does God, he says, I want to change your mindset, but he says, 
if you have a changed mindset, you will also have a changed mood. And by mood, I refer to attitude. Here, see, when, when, I'm, uh, when I don't know who I am and I'm struggling, my attitude's bad. Some of y'all right now, you walk around with such a bum attitude that folk don't even want to be bothered with you. The person next to you doesn't want to say amen for fear you think they're talking about you. <laughs> but there's somebody sitting near you that said, I hope you listening to Reverend this morning. tell you something. The reason Jesus warns them is so that their spirit, their mood, their attitude would align with the word of God. That they would be able to connect the truth of God's prophetic word with what God was getting ready to do now and how they fit into the very prophecy that God was about to fulfill. Because see, whenever there's prophecy given in the past, it must be fulfilled in the present. And the only way it's fulfilled in the present, it has to be filled, fulfilled through a person. So that I am the one standing in between the prophecy and the fulfillment in the person. So that I need to get myself ready so that the prophecy can be fulfilled in the present in this person so that God can be glorified. And if I don't get my mind right, I cannot allow God to do what God wants to do in the earth realm until I get me right. I, I, I close with this because, see, a changed mindset creates a changed mood which now will allow for a changed ministry. The reason Jesus spoke to his disciples that way is he was getting ready to change how they did ministry. Y'all didn't get that one across your head? Come on back down to church. Listen, in just a few days, Jesus was going to die. In just a few moments after his death, he was going to rise again. What Jesus wanted them to understand is, at that point, I won't be point man no more. You will be. So I'm getting ready to put you up front, but I need you to have an upfront mindset so that you realize that ministry is going to happen through you. Let me, let me preach one moment again. See, as long as you sit, I, I, I had some um, guys I played football with years ago, and uh, because they didn't think they got, got in the game, sometimes they'd come to the game, and they would put on their uniform, but they wouldn't put everything on because they didn't think they were getting in. I can tell you one fella forgot some very important equipment, and when the coach put him in, he ran in, but it wasn't long before he was down for the count. Yeah. 
if you don't think you getting in the game, you could be dressing up to fool other folk like you ready to be in the game, knowing fully well you're prepared to sit on the sideline and just eat popcorn. Oh, you preaching up in here now. But if you really ready to get in the game, you can say, coach, give me the ball and I'm ready to go. You can say, it's my turn and I'm ready to go. Let me tell you something. Tom Brady was not intended to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. There was no reason for Tom Brady to ever dream about the Hall of Fame when he came out of college. There's no reason for Tom Brady to ever dream about even being in a conversation with the greatest quarterbacks. They had their quarterback in New England, and Tom Brady was supposed to keep his Rollermaker John on the sideline. But when the quarterback went down, this nearly last pick in the draft said, oh my goodness, hot diggity dog. Good golly, Miss Molly. They done gave me a chance now. They put him in, and he never came out again. Y'all missed that. Because, see, when you're ready for the opportunity God has for you, when you're ready for the opportunity that's in front of you, nobody else might not see it, but God already has a plan for your life. God already knows where you're supposed to go. You get yourself ready to get in the game. Get yourself ready to do ministry. Get yourself ready to be used by God. Get yourself ready so that when you're called on, you can say yes. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give him a praise. The doors of the church open.